Hey, hi, hello, and welcome to Kindness and Courage, the show that helps you find your mojo, your purpose, and your why in the pursuit to living your best life. Before we jump into today's pod, I just want to put a disclaimer out there that today's episode is merely my simple opinion based on my own personal experiences. I understand everyone's path is different and some situations you may find yourself in may be beyond your control. I see you, I acknowledge you, and I hope you too can find yourself moving forward. Hi, today we're going to be talking about finding you, your purpose, and your why. Why is it that you do what you do? This could be broken down into a number of facets, how we create ourselves. They include things like your upbringing, your culture, environmental factors, socioeconomic status, just to name a few. However, I'm going to concentrate on one particular facet today. I want to unpack how past experiences can shape and form the you that you are today. Every adversity has an impact, whether we like to believe it does or not. It's necess- it isn't necessarily a bad impact, sorry, um, but it's still an impact nonetheless and it can shift your view, can alter your behaviour, um, can add additional armour plates to your defences. In the past, I must say, I was pro-level at pulling up my Great Wall of Natasha to close people out. Uh, it could also do the opposite and impact you in a way that it melts your cold ice heart. But I guess the biggest impact can even change the trajectory of your life and the purpose of your life, your why. I guess the best way to describe this is probably to share past experiences of my own and and, and unpack to you and, and demonstrate where these impacts have lied within my own circumstances, I guess, and how I've created and, and more importantly, how it got me to where I am today, I guess. For me, I hand on heart know the trajectory of my life has changed significantly. But then when you really reflect on that and want to, want to get really deep, has it really? Has it really, truly changed? Or perhaps I'm actually just on the path that I'm meant to be on now. Who knows? I guess in the afterlife, whatever that may be, I'll find out. But until then, I'll bank that one away for another day. <laughs> All I know and can control today is that I choose to see the positive in every situation and the good in every human. Is that naive? Some tell me yes. Maybe it is, but I'll tell you one thing. I'm a hell of a lot happier for it. I can confidently make that statement because I do feel I have been give, I have been on the other side of that. And to be brutally honest, that fucking sucked. I literally felt like I was allowing my heart to slowly turn black. In a perfect world, if I could have one, I don't want that for myself. And I'm sure if you truly asked yourself, you don't want that either. So how did I find my purpose or my why? I guess my first lesson to share here about your purpose or your why is that it's not a one answer. It's not a one-way ticket. Uh, I spent so much of my 20s trying to find out what it is that I was going to do for my career you know I need a grown-up job I need to get my act together what am I going to what am I doing with my life and one of my co-workers at the time just said so past so you know flippantly and it really stuck with me there's only a few things that people have ever said to me that 
really, really stuck with me and I, I can honestly say have helped shape the way I've grown. And she just said to me, why do I find, need to find a forever job? Why don't I just find a job today? And as stupid as that sounds and as simple as that sounds, she was fucking right. Here I was trying to make a decision that would impact the rest of my life. I had to make sure the job that I picked, the career that I took, was going to suit me in my early 20s, in my 30s, in my 40s, right through to, you know, 75 probably by the time we're allowed to retire. But I guess my point is, as humans, we evolve. So it's only natural that your purpose and your why may also as well. A purpose for today is just as important as a lifelong purpose. Sometimes the bigger picture can actually be daunting. So working on it day by day, week by week, one, makes it less committal, which was perfect for me, till it removes that pressure to get it right. If you get it wrong today, big whoop, one day, it's not the rest of your life. And I feel like that's something that's really happening with our generation. You, you look at you know, if you want to stick with the career path, you know, our parents' generation tend to stay in a career and have a lifelong career in that one job. They had long service leave, all the rest of it. Today's generation, in my industry, for instance, the healthcare industry, in ACT particularly, we have a long service leave scheme. That's just to ensure that our our nurses and carers stay within the industry within Canberra. You don't even need to stay in the one employment place because they know that that's not not realistic in today's with today's generation. Um, anyway, totally off topic. When I was younger, I guess my idea of my purpose was very primitive. I seriously thought my purpose in life was to work, get married, have babies, be a mum, full stop. To procreate, recreate, that was it. For me, a good dose of cancer at the age of 18 took my purpose away in a hot second. Gone, poof, purposeless. This was not a situation I chose or a situation or a situation I could control, and certainly not one I would choose again. In fact, it was world-shaking. I'd just been told I had cancer, but not just a small lump. I had cancer in my underarms, in my neck, in my lungs, in my abdomen, my hip joints, in my spine, and in my bloody bone marrow. At the age of 18, my undeveloped brain had just wanted to literally walk out of that oncologist's office and go party and drink vodka. I didn't want a deal. I just wanted to check out. I didn't want chemo, to be honest, because I didn't want my hair to fall out. When the specialist told me my choice to decline treatment would pretty much fast track me to death with a three to six months left to live, for the first time in my short existence, I had to make a life altering decision. I chose to live. My purpose changed. My purpose became survival. I wish it was that simple to make a snap decision in your brain like that and you're done with it. Sometimes it is. Most of the time it's not. But my choice to live meant six months of pure hell. To the point the cure felt crueler than the disease. It was tough. It was awful. It was just plain cruel. And at so many times, I seriously wanted to give up. Prior to cancer, I had never had to really do anything 
for me. My inner critic Nancy, what negative Nancy, was up in my face telling me I would be less of a financial burden and a misery guts on my family if I just gave up and died. That would be better off without me. That's truly what my inner dialogue was telling me. I didn't know how to deal with Nancy back then. So the only way I could deal with her was not deal with her. I didn't give in to her, but all I did was continue to show up every day. One small step in front of the other. So I I guess I wasn't proactive about her, but doing nothing still meant nothing changed and the days just ticked by. No tomorrow was ever promised, but eventually six months would pass and before I knew it, I'd just proven that inner critic wrong. I was still alive and more importantly, I was now cancer free. Two weeks after I completed my last round of chemotherapy, I enrolled back in school and got my first job in an age in the aged care sector, which was pretty much the start of my newfound purpose and my new why. I'd just received amazing care from my nursing team and I wanted to care for others in need. Fast forward 18 years to today, I'm now the proud business owner with my amazing bestie that provides amazing, amazing care to people in need within our Canberra community. I've since extended on my purpose and my why, and I've allowed that to evolve over time as our company and myself has, have evolved. Now we assist those who are the forgotten ones, the guys who fall between the cracks within the healthcare system, those who are not heard, those who are always put in the too hard basket, those that have been living in hospital for 18 plus years collectively because there isn't the right mould for them. These guys don't fit the mould. So that became a new purpose of mine, you know, a driving force to help those guys be seen and be heard. Beyond this, I met my now husband. We underwent six years of IVF. A common theme from family and friends was that they would always ask me if seeing others with babies, particularly young teen mums or mums with undesirable lifestyles, made me feel upset or mad that, I don't know, I guess that they could have children and here I was childless. This really perplexed me. I guess in some alternate universe, I could have been bitter about it. And I can totally 100% acknowledge that, yes, for many, going through IVF, negative Nancy is up in your face. But for me, to be blunt, I didn't give a damn about anyone else's baby's journey. That was their life. It had no direct impact on my life. It's their uterus. This is my uterus. It was black and white for me. But I guess I also knew I had this realistic connotation in my in my mind, I guess, that I, that I had very slim chances from the onset due to my history with cancer. So I feel I was always cautiously hopeful, despite even having six years worth of miscarriages and heartache as we went through the IVF process. This pro- process would eventually provide me with a newfound purpose of motherhood. Uh, I got my miracle baby. It was only now I realised that you could have multiple purposes multiple wires. Today I am overwhelmed with love for my two perfect IVF babies and a driving force to shake the healthcare and disability industry to be better, to do better for those in need, but now also to be a role model for those two perfect babies that I love so much. 
My daughter, who's now four, looks at me and wants to help others. She wants to work to make money, to spend money. That's my girl. (laughs) The Easter school holidays this year, we even made a startup business for her to make and sell bath bombs to her cousins. She was so excited for her first sale. These values may not have been there for her if my purpose had been different. Thus the circle of life. (laughs) Now I am a part of my children's environmental factors on how they will create their lives for themselves one day. Now I am by no means a picture, a picture of perfect of perfection or a a pinnacle example, but I do believe understanding your process and acknowledging if something is eating me alive, only I can process that and enact the steps or actions that need to be taken to change my circumstance or where it is that I find myself. If I choose to choose misery and sit in my pity party sometimes, that is totally okay too. There, there is merit in that. It's a grieving process. But the difference is to know that I'm making an informed choice to stay right there in my pity party with my pity party balloons until I choose otherwise. And I also know that it's only me that can pull myself out of that pity party hole. Whether we like the situations we find ourselves in or not, sometimes they are because of our own actions or inactions. Other times it can be external factors that cause you this change for you. Regardless, change is inevitable and it can be a hell of a lot of uncomfortable, but sometimes we just have to roll with the punches as best we can, work with the hand that we've been dealt. You know, there's a million and one cliche cliches about it, but the best we can do until we can actually come up for air, take a breath, stop, reevaluate the situation and make your move, make your counter act or your reaction, or inaction, if that's what it's also going to take. Sometimes silence is the answer also, whatever it may be. We cannot control every situation we find ourselves in. That's just a cold, hard fact. But what we can control is how we choose to react and how much of our time and energy we're allowing that situation to take from us. This can be during the situation and even after the situation. The event or or the adversity may have already happened. You think that it's dealt with and then, you know, the little ripple effects happen. It's like throwing a rock in a pond. Those little ripple effects still come and, you know, smash into you at the shore. I do really feel it goes hand in hand with the ability to truly live without regrets, making your your informed decisions about, about how it is that you're choosing to live your life. So reflect on this. Think about your purpose. What is your why? Are you content with where you are at right now? Can you, well, what can you do to change your path if that's what needs to happen? Or perhaps you're riding out a shitty time right now. I feel like most of Australia is in lockdown. So if your purpose, your purpose may solely be to remain sane during this time, that is 100% okay too. And a pretty damn good purpose to have right now. Here in Canberra, we're not in lockdown. However, it's freezing cold and I'm at home with two sick kids. So it feels like lockdown. So my purpose for today is merely to remain sane and not get the leggy from my kids because we all know nobody's got time for a sick mama. But in all honesty, it's not life altering. But this is still a purpose 
And it's certainly just as important for me right now in this moment. Until next week, thank you for listening. I'm Natasha and you're listening to Kindness and Courage.